Hello, mortals, and welcome to a special interview episode. I'm Miss Charlie, and this is the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underage, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. Okay, here we go. So, uh, today on our episode, we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm Max. Uh, I'm a dancer in Portland, as well as an artist, and yeah. Wonderful. And how did you get into this? Because everybody has their own little unique way that they got into this world. So what's your story? Mm. Um, so I kind of thought about it in like high school, to be honest. Like I was in my senior year, I was like, wow be so cool to be a stripper like for some reason it was like really calling me and I think I looked it up a little bit of like classes and different things um to like be a stripper specifically but I didn't think Mm -hmm. like pole dancing like I was thinking Mm -hmm. of like oh how do you do like a lap dance or like a Mm -hmm. Chippendale style you know um but then like maybe a year ago or something I like had a friend who got into pole classes and he was like oh yeah you should try this out and I fell in love and it was like after six months of taking the classes I was like okay I might as well just take it to the club and see if I can make some money you know that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah I I mean I feel like it's the so the the community of male strippers i feel like is very uh small compared to the community of female strippers you know the amount of clubs that are made just for women to dance in versus the amount of spaces that are even allocated for guys to maybe even have like a man's night so the fact that you like wanted to pursue this dream is like pretty cool and very unique i think i i don't know very many male strippers so that's really cool yeah, there, and just as a ratio thing, I mean, in Portland, there's two guy strip clubs per, and then there's a thousand female mm-hmm. strip clubs. So it's mm-hmm. like definitely quite a differential. Yeah. Yeah. I think being in that location is probably very helpful, though, because I don't know, like out here where I live, I don't know if I can think of any strip clubs just meant for men. They have like men's night sometimes but they don't have a whole club for men so um is that usually do you dance at just at like one club or do you go between the two or are there like men's nights like how do you how do you (laughs) yeah yeah so I've looked at all the opportunities right like even because like I do live in Washington state which is like outside of Portland quite a bit you know it's like a three-hour drive to the club or two hours and mm-hmm. so like in portland is the only place around here around the different states even that you can go to a gay strip club and then out of the gay strip clubs in portland it's like there's 
two or there's one more that just popped up there's a third and they're so competitive so like the dancers actually from our club silverado um went to stag which is like the competing club and they made their own club wow. from dancers that left ours because they didn't like what was going on and then they made their own that's pretty cool that's pretty cool right yeah and yeah i give them ups to that so but you can't switch in between if you if they find out that you worked at the other club you'll be banned for like six months they're different too like the clubs are different so like um ours is kind of a grungier like strip club it's like just like low lights you know whole floor just for the strip area and mm -hmm. the other one is like more of a theatrical you know you can like perform you get to choose oh. your music um there's higher poles we have like an eight foot static pole so like yeah it sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. As a pole dancer, I'm like, I've even gotten like cuts and stuff. Like, I got this big cut Ooh, on the yeah. top of my knee. Oh my gosh! Just because the that the sucks. ceiling is so low, you just can smack it. Yeah. When I when I go out and dance, so uh, yeah, Darby lives on the East Coast and I live on the West Coast, and I go out to visit her to dance at her club, and her club is very much like that. It's like a basement that's been converted into a strip club, and you like try to climb the pole, and you get like one climb up, and then your head is touching the ceiling, and you're like, what am I supposed to do now? Like I I can't do anything. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. So I I totally get you on that one. Uh, it's really hard, especially uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of pole classes in like the last year. So like for the first, I don't know, however many years of my dance career, I was the kind of girl who just kind of like walk around and be like, dun, 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 you know, like, ooh, sexy move. Yeah, yeah. And like then, wiggling then I was around. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like a wiggler. And this last year I was like, I am learning to pole dance. Like I need to get some tricks. And now I'm like all about like, you know, like multiple times a week, super obsessed, love it so much. Which is also why it's so fun to watch your videos is because I feel like the more obsessive you get with pole, the more you just like want to watch people do it and be like, wow, look at that move and look how they did that and look at their transition. And yeah. so it's like really fun like to watch your videos too, which we'll, we'll get up to all of that too because I definitely want to talk about your videos <laughs> and and how much I love them. They're so fantastic. But um, yeah, it's really hard when you don't have like the space because then you, you want to do everything and when you don't have a pole that's higher than, you know, like if you can reach your arm up and touch the ceiling, it's it's way too low to do anything. Yeah, yeah, there's so many tricks. Or even just the drops. I took a drop class recently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not going to do anything. No, yeah. No. <laughs> it's not very suspenseful, yeah. No, no, no. You need you need like those clubs that have the poles that go like way up. I, I work at a place out here and it's got one of those like really really tall poles and the girls do that and it's so cool it's so dramatic it kind of freaks me out still a little but um so anyway you maybe reached out to us on instagram anyway there was a connection somehow there was a connection yeah i, think I was we... like i really like your podcast yes which thank you so much thank you so much and we found your instagram page and you just have 
so so many videos of you practicing dance which and and stripping and exotic dancing and you also have artwork so of course that appeals to everything that we love we're like oh my god yeah. it's got the two elements it's got sexy beautiful artwork and sexy beautiful dancing and bodies what more do you need so right, right. what did from the beginning of like you uh going and and taking classes from the beginning where you're like I'm gonna post all the stuff like was it already like because I I've never posted anything that I've done but I you like update every single I feel like every single thing you do so you can like watch your progress and like doing all the dances and doing all your um like just rehearsals and stuff mm. so I mean yeah like I think I, I I started recording from like the very first class um but then I didn't post them immediately. You know what I mean? There's a few videos that just got deleted eventually because they were just, it, it wasn't anything to really look at. I felt like it was like such basic that like, I don't know, I wanted something. I don't know, I'm still an artist and I'm kind of a perfectionist. So like, I want something that I, I want to look at too. Um, but yeah i think the process is there too like i i wanted to show like oh it's like you get better as you go and like i'm learning all of these new things and like it felt you know cool to me too to just like be learning a very specific skill set like pole dancing and yeah connecting with like your sensuality and stuff like it, it changed me as a person as well, for sure, just taking the classes. Yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. Um, I know from the classes that I've taken, there's usually maybe one guy. Do you, or do you find yourself usually the only one in the class? Um, maybe one other guy, yeah, like at most. But yeah, it's usually just me, for sure. And what what is what is what has that been like? Because a lot of the times, uh, like the dance moves and the choreography is more tailored for like the female body, and it's it's not that those moves can't translate; they absolutely can. But I think a lot of times it's kind of taken into consideration, like the style of dancing you'd see in a female strip club versus a male strip club, and like the like things that highlight the female form versus the male form. So like. How have you addressed that when you're learning the choreography and also then when you're translating that to your workspace? Mm, right, right. Ah, oh, <laughs> such a good question. Okay, um, I think like, honestly, at the, so I would say for, at the studio, like, um, like I think it's an amazing opportunity to move my body in a way that maybe I haven't been used to as much because like, I have looked at a lot of like dancing and it's a lot of like hip hop that I, I would watch before, right? Like, um, like break dancing or something like that. Like, but then having um, this influence now in my life is like embracing the feminine, like moving my body in these ways. It's like therapeutic even, you know, to mm -hmm. express yourself in more ways than especially men are usually limited there in their expression forms, you know? So I definitely wanted to break out of that box and like, this really helped. Yeah. So like, I think like I'll find instructors, they'll be like, 
catering to me they'll be like oh if you want to do whatever you want to do like um they'll kind of try to say it for me because I'm in class I can tell they're like addressing it like oh you can do something less feminine if you want and I'm usually doing it more feminine than them you know I'm like <laughs> being super over dramatic just because it's like I don't know it's fun and like I also see myself expressing myself like that too I'm not always like this super masculine person you know and I think most people aren't right they're on a spectrum of that type of stuff so um and then with the club I would say I've been told you know like from like the first week or two like we have a host there Shaniqua and like she just like tries to give us really good advice and like a lot of the stuff she says it's like really meant you know it'll really help you just get more money you know and one of the things she said was oh like stop trying to do all that floor work and that feminine <laughs> stuff like oh like just do the masculine that's what they want from you like you're like more of a masculine type so mm. Ever since then, I mean, that kind of, like, affected me. And I definitely was then looking at all, like, the super macho dancers and, like, oh, I should just, like, be doing that stuff. So I learned their tricks. But then also, like, I blended with my feminine stuff. Like, I'll be, like, yeah. loading my hands up like a butterfly and stuff as I'm spinning around just for fun, you know? It's like, And people like it. They can tell I'm enjoying myself, so they enjoy it, too. So, no, that's awesome. That's great. I love that. And I think that like, I don't know when I'm dancing, there's a certain like there's a certain part of myself that just thinks like, don't ever take it too seriously. Like, look at where you are right now. Like you can't you can't take it too seriously. You got to have fun with it. Like you're literally like wiggling your butt naked and being like, oh, yeah. Oh, you like this? You like this? So it's like anytime you think you're like, I'm so fucking cool. You're like, take a step back. Just be silly if you want to. Like, it's totally fine. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Um, I'm kind of curious where. So what was like the first thing that got you interested in this? You said in high school you you were drawn to it. Was there anything in particular or was it just like like the world of eroticism that was alluring or like what what was that draw that pull I've I've always felt kind of like a sexual person in nature I feel like maybe less sexual even now like in my normal life because of like working at the club I don't know it like it just changes your perspective on things mm -hmm. so and and you see like the unhealthy as well as the healthy nature of it um so I don't know I mean like that I mean I used to make like kind of erotic art as well so like yeah something drew, drew me to I don't know sex is amazing you know it's a joyous event <laughs> to be yeah. blessed so, yeah anything around that is kind of cool yeah and now you get to do the little like peek behind the curtain I feel like when you work in any kind of like sex industry style thing, it, it's very interesting to to view it because you're like in it, but you're observing it at the same time and creating it from like a professional aspect. So you're like you're you're 
you're looking at like a, a sexual experience as like it's a formula so you're like okay what do I give what do I take how do I create this and also feel good about what I'm creating and make sure I'm getting their needs met but not like totally draining myself so it it's like right. such an interesting thing when you're when you're doing it as a job and it becomes kind of like yeah like you're you're kind of figuring out your own like internal like balance with like how to create these connections and these moments yeah and the job description is so wide with stripping right it's like it's, I heard another stripper explain it as like you know it's like you're a therapist you're a sex therapist you're like a masseuse a little bit you're just a, a friend to cry on like their shoulder it's mm -hmm. like a, a big hug it's I don't know you you become a lot for the person so it's like yeah you definitely have to make sure you're not getting drained as well like I feel like I'm a very like yeah I put a lot out there for someone and I've became more reserved with certain things just so you're like protecting yourself for sure yeah and I would say like I don't know what I've heard from most of like my friends who are girl like work at girl strip clubs it's like the dudes I would say at the gay strip club are like much less like gross and like just like spe that specific like defiling type of like language that you know is like domineering or something like mm -hmm. I would say we get that less for sure so I do feel lucky and privileged for that but it's also like I do understand the nature of it for sure. Like the strip club is not like always like an amazing place. Like I think some people think of it as this dreamy thing of being a stripper. And then it's like, it's also like a lot of, you can be traumatized, you know, and like you have to like really look out for yourself and know your boundaries, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The strip club is not something evil, but it's not something perfect either. It's not like the perfect fantasy, but it's also not like this def this terrible defiling place. It's like something in between where it can go either way for your clients and it can go either way for you. But in reality, it's like this weird thing that exists in both worlds at the same time and somewhere in the middle. It's like, you know, that's why we kind of did this alien theme was one of the reasons is that you know when you enter these spaces it feels like an otherworldly experience right you're kind of removing yourself from like your normal day-to-day -day life and you're putting yourself in this persona and people who are coming in are acting in a way they probably wouldn't in their normal everyday life and you're in this space that's kind of this strange in-between you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah like I love that. I, like, um, when I heard the podcast, yeah, I was like, wow, people think of it like this. And like, after listening to the podcast, I was like, experiencing it outside too. like, I feel like once you see something like you see it in other places. And like, yeah, like I've heard other people talking about uh, talk about it as this outer space type of experience. And like, you're in this fantasy world that is like, how interesting the people are that's what I like mm -hmm. you'll find it on certain nights where you're just like whoa this is like everybody is so different and they have completely different stories or 
ways of even talking, you know, and like expressing themselves. It's so rich as you walk around and you're like, you're also like um, an energy mover. You're like literally going around and testing everybody's feelings. You know, what are you doing? What are you feeling? Do you want some of this? You know, what do you want? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's lots of yeah. services. Yeah. And also, and also like, like can, can I handle, handle what you're, you're putting, putting out? out? Maybe, maybe not. not. <laughs> you know, maybe I move past, past you because I don't know what you're, you're giving off tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Or yeah. you're too much for them at that time. Like, I find a lot of dudes at our clubs are like, I don't know it, it, it's, if it's different for you guys. Like, I wonder. But like, for us, it's like dudes are very nervous more than like not. They're like very shy and like really worried about like they don't want to put their hands on you type of thing. Yeah. I I don't experience that as much. You find that like individually with people where you'll find somebody who's a lot more timid. But I would say maybe this is just where I've worked or maybe it's just like the feeling of like a female strip club is there's a lot of guys who come in like really confident or feel very like entitled or um yeah like they don't they don't necessarily see it like as like a hierarchy like oh i'm coming into your space which i mean not to say that everybody is disrespectful but there's definitely doesn't seem like there's always like that level of intimidation but you know that's just what i've experienced and every once in a while you'll find someone who's really shy and it's like oh oh hello there it's okay yeah Yeah, you're you're fine (laughs) (laughs) do you do you mostly work at or like exclusively work at uh like uh gay strip clubs uh yeah i do Uh, other than i've just gotten into this uh other performance thing with other strippers and artists being combined in the collective um but like in portland yeah there's the there's the gay strip clubs and then there's no like Chippendales style, you know, like what you'd see for like women or something like mm-hmm. a, a, a male club for women. But um, yeah, I would also say like you make probably the best money at a gay strip club mm-hmm. because like a lot of times, unless you're in like Las Vegas or something like you're not being tipped that well, like, I don't know. I, I don't dance for women at the strip club because they come in, but like usually they're the ones who are like screaming more than like putting dollar bills in the air. You know, it's like it's a different vibe. So unless they're a stripper, strippers always tip us so well. So like I'll never bad talk about that. Do you prefer to dance at gay strip clubs? I guess there's the money aspect, but then there's like the dynamic aspect. It sounds like the women who come in are also like when I was talking about how more people in male strip or like female dancer strip clubs are like the men are more confident. It sounds like that kind of is like the same with the women, like they're coming in with this level of confidence into the space, maybe. And where like you're saying that like a lot of the men are more shy. Yeah. I would say there's like a ratio, right? Like of how you said, like, um, I would say we're more on the shy side than, than the entitled side. But like, there's definitely that aspect with the dudes too. And 
the women yeah are definitely the more entitled ones at the club like especially the older women like they're the worst they're the ones who try to slap your ass for like not even a dollar you know and it's like this is not okay like you're like my mom's age and like you're doing this like I don't know it seems weird but people do whatever they want in the club yeah I mean (laughs) like I will say like I've noticed yeah like our club is like the the dingier one you know with the low lights and people feel like more entitled to your body so like yeah like if you can't deal with that stuff you definitely shouldn't be working at a strip club and I've noticed like some dudes are like that you know like they have boundaries with their body and like if Mm -hmm. you have that you yeah you shouldn't be working there because it's like it's definitely gonna happen and yeah at some point like you don't want to be like traumatizing yourself yeah 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 and it's not like you can't turn around and say please don't do that but uh I don't know I just have to you just have to know that in any type of environment like that like people are always gonna test your boundaries yeah and you do get more money by being the one who just is like pushy with your body a little bit like sometimes I just rub up on customers you know if I know that they know me it's like okay like we have an established relationship I can just rub up on you and get some bills yeah (laughs) yeah who doesn't want that (laughs) it's a (laughs) win-win so um with the like we can uh, talk I would like to talk a little bit about uh your your artwork as well because like you're talking about how you're like in this artist collective I know that like half how I feel like half of your Instagram is also like this erotic artwork and this painting so well when did you get into art and painting and erotic art ah okay um so probably when I was 15 I like started like acrylic painting and stuff um before that I just like I drew a lot like I would have sketchbooks full of like I did a lot of faces. I used to love drawing like portraits and like just capturing people's faces was like so interesting to me. Like you can just look at a face and then like be able to create that on something. And I think people are so amazing. So I was just like, oh, like inspired by all these people that I get to like further that inspiration somehow. Um, So that got me into stuff. And then like, um painting yeah my mom just randomly got me like a set of paints and I was like okay like I'm just gonna take this to my room real quick and like um just started making some random stuff it was like very abstract at first like blended with a little bit like I would draw some and then fill it in with all the paint and then like morph it into different things and I like the process of stuff like I would practice different methods I was like okay like what if I just like washed water over this paint like three times in between each layer like um yeah then getting more like into it like I had maybe one piece at like a art show at my high school um and it was kind of cool it was just very different like I could feel already that like 
I had some style or something in me, you know, because, um, yeah, it was like a wood carving thing. Like it like carved into some wood and then ink dropped into the carving layers. And it was just like, I felt like it was something special, you know, <laughs> and honestly, now looking back, it's like, okay, it's like kind of shitty and like dark. But it's like your first piece that like really, you know, made you feel like you were doing something more. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was cool. And then um, moving to like Seattle, then I was living there for a year and getting to know artists and stuff. And I worked like promo work. I'd like um, do videos for like an art collective and to advertise for other art shows. And through that, then got my own art show. with like it was with a whole bunch of young artists from out where I'm from like uh it's like a more of a rural spot so Mm -hmm. like um yeah it 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 was like a lot of artists that didn't have any place to to put their stuff you know so it just felt like a natural thing like okay let's put this together and then also had artists from outside like Bellingham Seattle like from around the state and then um yeah we had a cool art show and and then I've done some other art shows after that I had a cool art show called blood money it was all about Mm. like capitalism and it was a little bit basic you know being older now I'm like reading books I'm like wow this is more complex than I thought but (laughs) (laughs) in nature it like it made sense Yeah, yeah for sure um and yeah, now being with the, like I took a break probably just because of COVID and everything, and um, now there's this trip or art collective that like is based out of the pole studio that I dance at. So, oh, cool! Yeah, you know, so you get to train with everybody, and then we're all like doing like events outside. So that is awesome. That's that's been really nice, and they're amazing, and they just like took me under their wing immediately and within like a week of taking classes there they were like well do you want to perform like (laughs) we have all these performances and stuff so yeah that's cool to have like that family there aspect for sure it's nice and I have a place to perform and like in where I live now yeah yeah and and you get to I feel like um kind of like we were talking earlier is like you have your the way that you dance at the studio right where you're learning this choreography and then you're translating aspects of it into your workspace but then you get to perform which means you get to kind of like just kind of like let it all go in like whatever way you want you don't have to worry about like you know yes you can mix and match however you want maybe you know they're like oh we prefer you to do it more like this way here we prefer it like we're going to teach the choreography here but when it's your own performance you can do it exactly the way you want and mesh everything together yeah yeah honestly it's it's completely different than the club i mean like we don't get to choose our music that's like Mm -hmm. one of the worst parts of our club and it would be okay if the DJ was good, but like we have a DJ and literally their name is like DJ Snow. You know, it's like one of those real like OG DJs from back in the scene days. And Mm -hmm. now it just, it doesn't really correlate and everybody knows it. 
So like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even the regulars are all like, this will do this. But That's um, funny. yeah, but it's been so different. Like I will say um, just shaking my ass is just different. Like I walked out for this new performance. It was like the first time performing with this new collective and it was yeah just the crowd was completely different and like they're more there for your like performance and your theatricalness of like not what they can get out of it maybe Mm -hmm. and um that felt so cool and just like walking out and just slapping my ass and it jiggling a little bit and then then just be like damn It just puts you in the mood. You're like, all right, yeah. whatever I do, it's gonna be great. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, I I did a performance with my pole studio like a couple months ago, and I did a twerk performance, and it felt like the exact same. Where like everybody there was like either from the pole studio or like they knew somebody at the pole studio. And when you went out and performed, it was like a totally different vibe. Everyone's just like screaming. They're so excited. They just want you to like be a sexy twerking beast out there. And yeah, they don't want anything from you. They just like, they're so supportive. It was like a really cool experience considering like how like you say I'm to like getting up and dancing in front of people. It felt very different. Mm. and and yeah that's a good like way to say it too for like in the pole studio like I always feel like that as well where like you just feel so supported and like people are like clapping for each other and just like oh like you know it's I don't know it's a really good environment yeah are there a lot of people at your at your uh studio that are also like openly strippers because you said it's like the stripper art collective is it is it for like is it only for strippers or is it like how does that i was just curious yeah okay so like i actually switched studios from the one previous because it was less sex worker positive so like Mm. they would never talk about it there you'd never know and if anybody was a stripper and like it, it just wasn't the vibe it was like almost kids could show up for your class or something and like which that's fine too if it's sex worker positive but it's also like it just seemed like they were trying to not be part of that type of thing so the new studio though they're awesome and like they even give a discount for sex workers it's not only sex workers but like yeah that that was changed it for me i was like all right cool i'm gonna go here yeah. Do you feel closer to like the people in your studio, not just because they're sex worker positive, but because they're like outed, they've like outed themselves as strippers? Because I know that a lot of the times, like, there's this separation from like being in the club and being out of the club, and you don't always know who the other people like are in your community. And so, like, even like when I'm at the club, like I, I'm at my pole studio, sometimes I'll hear somebody say something like across the room, and I'm like, oh, that sounds maybe like a hint that they're actually a stripper you know and I feel like this like excitement you know like oh my gosh are they actually a stripper because I feel like they just said something that makes me feel because you know a lot of times like we don't know who each other are so to like be at a pole studio that's not only like inclusive but sounds like there's a lot of like people who are open and out 
mm. feels like it would be a lot more welcoming as somebody who's also in that community. So I guess that's, yeah, <laughs> that, that was my question slash statement. No, that's that's for real. Yeah, like it does feel like a family. And um, in a way that like is also different for me just being like, like the strip club is like very masculine. You know, even like there are, are more feminine dancers and stuff. And like they definitely... Um, well, not to say that everybody's on one side or the other, but like the, the, the more macho type of guys, um, definitely, I don't know. I find myself not talking to them as much just because of the conversation being whatever, like, I don't know. I just don't really appreciate men that can't express their emotions and stuff mm -hmm. and like you don't feel like they're vulnerable so I just gravitate towards that with men as well um and I would say I love my guys like at the club like everybody's super close and we tell each other we love each other at the end of the night like before going home you know it's it's really sweet and but um, I don't know, also having that, like, maybe growing up with sisters or something, like, having women in my life and having the pole family studio is, like, I don't know, that keeps me very balanced. And I feel like I get to, like, be exposed to the masculine, too. I'm not just closing that out of my life. and mm -hmm. But also just being very aware of it as I'm going through it. Because, like, I don't want to be that patriarchal you know structure holder <laughs> it's just not healthy yeah. yeah I was just gonna say that it's really unique I think that you started from the pole studio and then went to the strip club um I just think that's like a really unique way of of, of getting into that world um Although I guess for other people, it seemed kind of like an obvious like, oh, you start by dancing at the studio and then you go to the club. I don't know. I don't feel like a lot of people do that. But I think it's like really cool you did that. Uh, how, how long have you been dancing like at the club? Uh, almost a year now, like 10 months. I mean, also the fact that you started in this like post-COVID world, that's pretty crazy. Right, I don't even know anything <laughs> before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My baby stripperhood with a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Like that's pretty crazy. Like, was there? I mean, not that you have anything to compare it to, but did you find that there was like certain things that weren't what you expected? I mean, in general, but also because of the pandemic. Mm. Um. I mean, it was definitely weird, like, performing and everything with masks on and, like, trying to be, like, I don't know, I guess it kind of made it easier because, like, you're not, like, I don't know, you, you don't have to work on, like, when you're performing, you think about your face sometimes. You don't want to have, like, an awkward face as, like, you're spinning mm -hmm. around. It's not sexy to, like, <laughs> you know, just be, like, <sighs> breathing hard. And, like, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean I think it was like almost easier for a second to just transition in with the mask thing and then when it lifted it was like I don't know it um 
don't know. It didn't really change anything much. Like our lap dances, um, I think changed. I mean, honestly, they've been the same throughout. I'm pretty sure. Like we've always been able to touch people and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um. I was curious about that. I was I was curious because I know that different clubs like change their like touching policy like during the pandemic. I know, like the club, like my the clubs out here just closed completely. But the clubs out where like Darby was, it was like you could only do like you know like table dances where you were standing up like away from them for a while, which mm. seems like I don't know. It's not the like, same. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same at all. Do you want to pay the same amount but watch me from across the room? They're like, no, I don't. So right. I feel like it would be much harder. So Yeah, and the nude dance thing. We can't do nude dances at our club, even though it's mm. legal in the state. Interesting. Um, but I think somebody said that was part of the rule. But it was like, I don't know, because it's a six-foot rule. It's like, if we want to pull anything out, we have to be six feet away from them. And that hasn't changed since COVID. Has like That's changed. funny. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get sick. You got to <laughs> pull it out six feet away. You tried to stay away from you. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. That's so funny. Um. Have you found like a? Do you feel like you found a, a community and a closeness at your at your club? I know that those that can kind of be something that can take a moment to to get. But you have been working there for about a year. Do you feel like you've 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 made it your home? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely don't feel like I'd really work at another club, um, unless I was traveling or something. Um, but. Otherwise, I mean, like, I feel really close with all all the dancers and, like, there's, and with the bosses kind of too, but I feel like, I don't know, it's not the best working conditions, so, like, there's a little bit of a disconnect with the bosses. They're, like, cheap, you know, and, like, it's just not the best, like, setup, you know, for sure. But yeah. other than that, yeah, I like it. That's good. It's been good too. Of like, I can you know sell art with the sugar daddies as well. Like, oh, that's that's cool. That's fantastic. Oh, that's it. I didn't even think about that. You're like getting your whole uh, your client base and your and your uh, art marketing all in one all in one place. Literally, you'll find sugar daddies spending a lot. Like they'll even they'll spend a lot on your dance. They'll try to get something extra outside of the club, and then also they'll buy a painting. So you're like, you're really double dipping them, you know, in different places. <laughs> it's that's that's really funny. Oh, that I totally forgot. I was gonna ask you this, but we kind of swerved away. Is uh, like with like your like your artwork um when did you really start like pushing like really strongly into like the erotic art like when because like we were kind of talking about you getting into it but when did you like really make that strong push to like really like explore more of like that aspect mm. uh i would say maybe in seattle when i was like 
I moved out when I was 18 and then it was like just exploring it for myself, like sexuality just in life and um, kind of what brought me to the art thing was like probably just, yeah, desiring sex and like, <laughs> you know, just being a young man and like, I don't know, um, also like seeing how it can change your perspective like I share my art um a lot of times with like people that I know and and like and to hear what they want to say and like like I shared it with my sister or something like it was like a really erotic piece you know <laughs> and like like I respect my sister a lot and um she was just like honestly this is like pretty gross and like <laughs> it was bad and it was like it was very like male gaze you know like mm. it was like that of just like sexualizing another person's body and I don't know it, it um that conversation alone like completely changed how I started making the erotic art stuff I was like well shit like you're like influencing other people too when you make this stuff and somebody sees it like just like porn or like any other eroticness that you put out there like people are receiving that as what sex could be or um you know like their relationship to it so now like i i kind of like i like making things that are authentic and that are connected to something real maybe in my life or a story I've, I've heard or like something like that that keeps it grounded to something like outside of just the sexual nature of it maybe and then also like even taking it further of like the stuff that I was doing like trying to um even bring out that male gaze part of like how do I make it like an, a piece that's aware of itself? Like it's mm. showing that like this is like something that you should be looking at and addressing. And I always like that with abstract realism is kind of my style of like, I like fucking with people and making them think that it's one thing. And then they look into it deeper and they're like, oh, there's like a message behind this that is catering to the thing that you just thought you saw, you know? Mm -hmm. and that's fun that's fun I feel like even if it's not changing anybody else's life it's like I look at it and I'm like that's a lot of like thought and learning that I had to do to get there and yeah yeah no I, I mean I think that that's a that's a really good point is sometimes just like the process of making art we have to go on a journey of like what am I trying to say and why is it important and that alone can be so transformative for us. And then when somebody else connects to it, it's like such this amazing moment where you're like, oh, you saw that too? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've gotten it recently where they see the exact opposite thing that you saw in a piece. Oh, that's like, so funny. Yeah. I had this whole idea of like this everlasting, ever flowing love in this piece. And then somebody saw it as somebody draining the love out of the other person and it being this blood sucking scene that it was like so cool that like somebody could see it as completely opposite even. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you never know how somebody else is going to interpret your piece at the end of the day, you know. But but the fact that they that they connected with it and saw something and like looked into it and were interpreting it like that's that's really cool. Um, just like with our own with our podcast, uh, like we just started making it for fun because it was COVID. We had nothing to do. Both of our clubs were shut down. And we like just want to make art for us. Like we're like we both are artists. We both draw. We both like like to be creative. We're best friends. Like let's just make something fun that it like fits fits all of our interests and desires. And the fact that like even anybody cared to even look at it is like so validating, you know? Because you're like I made this because it makes me feel good. The fact that anybody else is like, hey, that's not your thing. I like it. You're like wow i i i kind of just you know just put it out into the universe and if it never did anything i'd still be proud of it you know (laughs) (laughs) creation is yes yes put it out there and that's beautiful like uh have you guys thought of having like a stripper art show type of thing like we would love to we, we, yeah, we would love to do something like that. So uh, we will let you know. We will definitely let you know when we do that. Absolutely. No, we've, we've been, um, especially like in this last year, we've been really saying like, okay, like what are some goals we want to accomplish? Uh, we just barely uh, got our, our pieces. One of our art pieces is going to get published in this little like sex worker magazine. And we were like, okay, we just got to keep this ball rolling. We got to start doing stuff like putting our work out there but you know also making a space right like you said making an art show that'd be awesome we should do it yeah yeah because you guys yeah you you create the space and that's amazing as well for other people to shine even but like damn your guys's art database is fucking big thank you thank you it started as us just being like oh let's make cover art for all of our episodes which already turned into like such a project and then we're like well we have to have more stuff on the on our instagram so much content we could have made this so much easier on ourselves not to do that but 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 it's fun gonna just briefly mention because in one of our past episodes uh darby and i were talking about teaching and we brought it up a couple of times over this is our third season, so over the past three years, which I can't even believe it's been going on for that long, but uh, we are talking about teaching, and in one of the messages you sent us, you said like, oh my gosh, that's so funny, like I've also taught in the past, and we don't have to talk so much about it, but I just wanted to know if you wanted to, to speak to that, and like the connection between teaching and sex work, and kind of like dedicating your energy to other people, and how it's like seems really opposite but actually those two avenues are very similar right right yeah for sure especially with like um the kids i'm dealing with like um right now like i I still do it it's just like um during the school year or whatever but um like i teach an after school at the old school that i used to go to my middle school and um it's so funny because like yeah, a lot of the kids, like, they're, they have been growing up similar to how I grew up, you know, it's, like, in the rural area, it's, like, not always easy, it's, like, trailer park living a lot of times, and different things like that, so it's, like, you know, like, these kids, I don't know, sometimes it feels, like, a little hectic at home, or something like that, and 
I just feel like I can embrace them in a certain way that they like understand that like I get it. I get where you're coming from. And like, I'm never trying to bottle them up or something or like not let them express themselves just how they want to. So like, they love me and I love them. Like they're, they're like all these sweet and it's weird because like they're also little girls, you know? So it's like all these little girls and it's amazing to me, but I'm also like, it's, you know, they don't know that I'm a stripper at all. Like, and it's like, you know, it, it, it was cute. Like I even came in the first day. It was hilarious. Like this little girl, she was like, oh my God, he's so hot. Like I just overheard one of the little girls and I was like, uh, they little do they know I literally get paid for this. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it's really sweet and like I bring a good vibe for them and show them too like that I mean they can see me as a successful young person that's like all all they know is like I do the art thing and teach them and stuff so I don't know, it's good to be like a cool role, role model for them too and like show them also like what you know an adult male can look like that's not like stuck up in his ego all day or something it's like I'm like fun and they get to talk to me and they're so excited like to just bring little things up like about their life oh I watched all these movies and I'm into this thing and it's like dope okay let's see it peace fam like let's mix it up yeah yeah and kids they keep you so grounded like kids keep you so grounded because they're like I don't know there's like the certain level of patience you have to have there's like the certain level of compassion you have to have there's like a certain level of like I can't, I, I have to talk to them real, but I can't talk to them in the same way I talk to somebody else my age. So, and I also have to like be considerate of like all these things, but you know, you're also compassionate and you're keeping a professional distance, but you still want to feel like they can connect to you. And it's like such this interesting, and they also say the funniest things in the whole world that you're like, I would never even think to say that. How, you're so young. How did you think to say that or to make that or to do that? And I love working with kids. The kids that I usually work with are younger, like preschool to ele- like early elementary. And they just, they keep me on my toes. <laughs> they keep me in my, you know, learning my patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You learn a lot. I feel like I learned so much when I'm with the kids. I'm like, I'm supposed to be teaching you, but like, I feel like I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They say they say stuff to you all the time. I okay. I will tell you a really brief story because it was it was so funny. It was um, there's this little kid. I was teaching the, these kids. They were like first graders, and we were making this project. And I kept coming over, and this kid was just struggling really hard with this project. We were sculpting, and he just every time I come over, he's like pushing it together. It's falling apart. He's pushing it together. It's falling apart. I come over. I'm like helping him shape it. I'm like see like this, and he looked over and he was like, "Don't make my art for me." And I was like whoa yeah okay okay he's like this is mine not yours and I was like I was just checked so hard by this little kid he's like I am struggling this is my struggle like don't come over here thinking you know what to do it was just like I was like excuse me I'm sorry I assume because I was the teacher and I was older than you I could come make your art but he's just like uh no this is my project I was like 
Right. They're so confident too. It's like, yeah, yeah it's okay, okay. And and I think that that's something that like as people who are like caretakers, they're compassionate, they're uh wanting to connect and like facilitate an environment that works in both places, right? That works in a very adult setting and that works in a very like child care oriented setting mm-hmm. of this like I want to provide for you. Like, what can I give to you? What? How can I help you get mm. to where you need to go? Like, what are like the parts of myself that I can give versus what do I need to know that I shouldn't be giving and like creating that balance and that patience and that guidance. Like that, that applies to both worlds. And, and that's what I, I always find that connection. When I was in college, I found out like a lot of other people that I knew that were sex workers were also teachers. And I was like, that just makes so much sense to me because we're all trying so hard to like, yeah, like facil- facilitate a space, which is like literally like what I feel like sex work is feeding into that fantasy. You're facilitating this reality for somebody to step into. Right. right. Yeah. So. That is wild. It's so different. It, like the deliverance of, of the information that's being given out, but it's like, yeah, it is really similar. And yeah, the environment thing, you're, you're creating this environment for, the growth of something else yeah it's like it's beautiful well is there anything else you'd like to add before i we wrap up we have been talking for just over an hour if you can believe that is there anything else you'd like to add i don't think so i mean yeah that was like a lot of good stuff i'm like impressed that we got through all that too i know i know well, Max, I just want to thank you so very much for doing this interview today. Uh, it means a lot to us that you reached out to us and that you're willing to do this. And we're just so grateful. So thank you. Oh, I'm so grateful. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, I've been dying to be on this podcast. I'm like, what? Uh, uh, a platform for all of these crazy things to come together into one and sound like normal. It's like, OK, that's just their life. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for this week's episode. And thank you again for Max for being such an awesome interviewee. I had so much fun interviewing you and just talking to you. That was a blast. So thank you for reaching out. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Our next episode will be coming out in two weeks, in two Tuesdays from today. In the meantime, to soothe your aching loins, you can find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. If you'd like to send in an anecdote for an upcoming episode, check out our social media for our themes we are currently researching and send your comments and stories to babesofvalhalla at gmail.com. Or you can check out our new story submission form on our website, babesofvalhalla.com. We'd love to hear from you. Speaking of our new website, our merchandise with quotes and art from the podcast will be going live in three days. So mark your calendar for Friday the 19th and be sure to check out our new shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more. Until next time, stay nasty. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius Gemini Genesis. <laughs>